Darkness, honestly lived through, is a place of wonder and life, Robert Lowell wrote. So much has come from there. It was October 1957, and he was 40, writing poetry like a house of fire, and taking darkness into new country. It was, he said, the best writing he had done. Closer to what I know, and oh, how welcome after four silent years. The new poems became the heart of life studies, perhaps the most influential book of modern verse since T.S. Eliot's The Wasteland. The poems, most written at the boil in a few months' time, left their mark. They have made a conquest, wrote a reviewer. They have won a major expansion of the territory of poetry. In December 1957, after his summer and fall blaze of writing, Lowell was admitted to a mental hospital, severely psychotic. It was his fifth psychiatric hospitalization in eight years. He was involuntarily committed to the Boston State Hospital and then transferred to the Massachusetts Mental Health Center, until 1956, known as Boston Psychopathic Hospital. In early 1958, he was transferred yet again, this time to McLean Hospital, where his great-great-grandmother had been institutionalized more than a hundred years earlier. The repetition of circumstance was not lost on Lowell. Life studies had begun with a steeping in his ancestry. Harriet Brackett Spence Lowell, he had come to believe, was the one who had brought poetry into the Lowell line. Lowell told the doctor who admitted him to the Massachusetts Mental Health Center that the preceding months, September and October 1957, had been some of his most productive months of writing poetry. It was the pattern he had come to know well. First, the weeks of intense, fiery writing, then the spike into mania, and finally, as night follows day, the dust in the blood of depression. His psychiatrist wrote in Lowell's medical chart what many of his doctors were to observe. The patient has had a series of breaks, she wrote, all in the light of unusual literary output. Much had come from the darkness but not without a cost. This book is about fire in the blood and darkness. It is about mania and the precarious, deranging altitude to which mania ascends. It is about the poetic imagination and how mania and imagination come together to create great art. But it is as much and more about the vital role of discipline and character in making art from inborn gift. Poetry may come from an unhappy and disordered life, Lowell wrote, but a huge amount of health has to go into the misery. Without question, Lowell's attacks of mania spurred his work. They also brought pain to him and those he loved. Things he had done when he was manic haunted him when he was well. They were public, and they gave fodder to his detractors. Yet Lowell came back from madness time and again, re-entered the fray, 
and kept intact his friendships. He kept his wit and his capacity to love. He went back to his work. This faculty for regeneration is uncommon. So too is the courage to face and to write from the certainty of impending madness. Creating poetry that expands the territory is rarer still. Lowell's poetic imagination was tethered to an unstable but disciplined mind. It forged his work and branded his life. Mania took his poetry where it could not have gone, to an altitude for which, as he wrote in the first poem of Life Studies, there were no tickets. My trouble, Lowell wrote to his friend, the poet Elizabeth Bishop, is to bring together in me the puritanical iron hand of constraint and the gushes of pure wildness. One can't survive or write without both, but they need to come to terms. Rather narrow walking. Lowell turned to his use the warring elements of what one doctor described as a rock-crystal will, glittering, very hard, and very definite in its formation and the mania that lay almost beyond its reach. The fight gave a yield in art, and a life graced but damaged. No measure of will could prevent madness, any more than it could bring down a storm at sea. It was the contending, the struggle, the effort that marked Lowell's life, and set the terms of his writing and ambition. A century earlier, Byron, no stranger to ungovernable moods, had written, Yet see, he mastereth himself, and makes his torture tributary to his will. So too did Lowell.